Hello and welcome to Inspire Africa podcast, a show that seeks to inspire Africans in the continent and in the diaspora to rise up and be counted as we seek to readdress the narrative of Africa as being behind and missing on the world economic map. As we interview success, successful African business people across the continent and outside, we hear their stories and get inspired and learn how we can build successful brands also. With their seven-step model of success, we, dri- we dive into their secrets to success. If you are an African and desire to see the continent grow, this is the podcast to listen to. And so, in this podcast, this episode, we're going to be discussing mostly what we need to do as Africa. What does Africa have to do to become, you know, ranked within other continents as well? The Asians have done it. The Europeans and the Americans have already uh, leading the race already. But we need to really look at what we need to do as a continent and we need to understand exactly what we have and where we're going if ever we're going to get this thing underway. We need to understand that we have tried and we have, you know, we've worked hard, but that has not yielded anything. The little that we have, the little celebrations that we have are not really enough to say we have achieved what we need to achieve. We need to understand that if we, are to go, if we are going to be successful, if we are going to be happy, if we are going to be satisfied with our lives, we need to do something now. And now does not mean 2063. I know UN, um, AU, I know the Africa Unity uh, Organization has, has a vision 2063 and, 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 and other vision uh, uh, templates that they have I respect that and we respect that as well but we need to look at what we need to do as citizens this is this is our continent this is our lives they are planning as to what they think and what they desire for us to have but we are the people and we need to do something now we need to do something today I believe this is our decade We need to have that imprinted in our minds that this is the 10 years where we're supposed to change everything about ourselves. This is the 10 years where we're supposed to come up with all the necessary adjustments in our lives to come to the party as as, as other continents have, have, have been partying all along. The Asians took them 20, 25 or 26 years or Roughly, on average, 30 years on each, uh, 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 each, each country in the Asians. The Japanese had technology, the Singaporeans, uh, um, Malaysians, China. And on average, it's said that we change or a continent or a country can change over 24 years on average. But we can do it in 10 years. We can do it in 5 years. We can do it this year or next year. We just need to believe that we can do it. 
But that mindset is what we need to address now. We need to believe that we have got the best and intelligent youth. We need to believe that we've got all the resources we want. We need to also believe that we've got all the capital that we want. I know that that is that is controversial. But I tend to think we do have all the money that we need. We have mineral resources that are in abundance in all our countries. I, I don't think there is one country you can go and not find something valuable to, 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 to extract from the ground. God blessed us with that and we need to use that. We need to just come together, believe that we can be united and believe that we can conquer this. And we can and we will. And I believe this is the year, this is the decade, and this is the time. We are the generation that needs to change things. And things are going to change in this decade. I'm excited about this decade. I, I was really waiting forward, looking forward to seeing 2020. In 2020 is here. It came with the coronavirus. Um, that is a sad uh, and, 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 and most unexpected uh, development that we've had as the whole world. But I believe we can wake up from that terror and all that challenges and problems. And we can start afresh as a continent of Africa, as, as one continent. Together, we can do this. So today, I'm just going to be speaking about a number of issues that I really think we need to address. I'm not an economist. I am not hosting an economic uh, uh, podcast. These are just my thoughts from my research that I did. And you might have your own opinions of it. You, you're free to share. You're free to, to, to contradict with me or to, 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 to validate whatever you, 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 you believe. And I'm free to any, any suggestions and any corrections that there could be. And I would love so much to hear more about from you about this. And so let's just get into today's podcast. And uh, I've titled this, uh, What Africa Needs to Do. So before we start, the question is, why do we need to change? I think that is very obvious to everybody. But some seem to be okay with being where they are. And I don't, I don't know some others, but I'm not happy. And I feel we can do more. But really, what are the statistics? What are the numbers? Or what are the, you know, the top guys saying about Africa? So according to the United Nations Development Program, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa remains one of the poorest regions in the world with poverty and mat- material deprivation and, you know, everything, everywhere, commonplace. This also has the continent com- continuing to suffer under very rapid urban growth accompanied by massive urban poverty and many other social problems. So this, this, this is happening everywhere around Africa and this is something that we are seeing every day. It's not like something that's you. I know you're in the diaspora or maybe you know you are in the continent but probably in a location where you really don't see this but I'm sure you know. You've seen the news, you've seen the pictures 
it's true. We have moved from you know that child with disease when, when when Africa is portrayed on pictures, you see a child probably who's got measles or a child who's who's got you know kwashiorkor or something like that. We've moved from that. We are addressing issues that are real and and and, and food issues, power issues, you know, transport issues. People are walking to work and 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 and, and, and all those problems, those social problems. So this is despite the fact that the continent has a vast natural and you know diverse human resource capital. We have all this but we can't really make sense and, and come up with something tangible that we get as benefit from all this. So this clearly shows that the world finally has found the their solutions to growth while Africa still is struggling to click from 1994 when um South Africa 1994 yes South Africa got independent we have failed to remove the negative tag that has been put on our back from since we were colonized it's still there we're still struggling and we need to do something so there's also uh, I came across this research uh by Stefan uh, de Korn at Oxford University she puts that who puts who puts that um the story into into more graphical and and and, and, and you know visual pictures but basically it says in 20, 2013 about half of the world's extreme poverty half of it was in sub-saharan africa and by the end of the next decade this will rise to 90% Half of it is in sub-Saharan Africa right now and it will rise to 90% if nothing is done. 19 out of 23 of the poorest nations in the world are in Africa. 19 of the top 23 most poorest countries are in Africa. And out of the 53 African countries, about 19 are still represented on the world's poorest poorest list. Now that is a cause for concern. I I see it as something that we really really need to always talk about when we whenever we meet, when our leaders meet and 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 they need to push strategically practical ways to just change this. This is this is sad. But we have we have a lot of things that we have. So I just need to know I just need to to know what you think guys and please share with me uh links will be provided and please please we need to be talking about this so that this can change right. so this can change Now some people have suggested that the continent has suffered because of um a lack of authentic leadership maybe greed and corruption indeed there is ample evidence for bad leadership and poor governance on the continent but however while it is easy to point fingers to point fingers to you know to our government and our leaders we also need to highlight the role of ordinary africans each one of us can heed the call to leadership that our continent demands from us right now 
we need to do something now. We all can find ways to contribute to the future of this continent. The opportunities of business alone are vast, including, you know, you have reducing poverty uh, uh, businesses that you can venture into, increasing access to, to health, nutrition, accommodation, education, and income earning opportunities. They are plenty of areas that needs to we need to address as individuals. Let the politicians be the politicians, but we need to think way, way, way better than we are doing now. So politicians, politicians, business, um, labor, and other, you know, civil society organizations, we need to just be sure that we, we are aligned with one vision, that we need our continent to grow. Let us stop, you know, just pointing fingers and blaming the next person because probably we have a lot that we're doing and contributing ourselves. So we need to be careful who we are pointing fingers to and we need to start working now. What should drive each one of us as we get out of bed every morning? That that thing has to be something really strong. That desire to be a part of the solution has to be something that is in us every day. We don't have to feel powerless as to, I can't change anything. We need to feel like I have the solution. I have part of the, I am part of the solution. So being part of the solution to a complex problem, no matter how small or insignificant we might think we are, we still have to play and contribute our part. And we can make this world a better place, this continent a better place if we took our role. It's, it's actually in our birthright. If you're an African, you need to be doing something about it. So let me just go through some of the things that I think Africa needs to do or Africa needs to change or Africa needs to address and maybe one or two listeners or someone out there will start thinking differently from today or from tomorrow. First and foremost, we we need job creation. We need jobs. I know this sounds this sounds you know obvious that we need jobs, but we need jobs, and we just need to find ways, find opportunities, create opportunities, and and just create more jobs for people on the continent from our own uh, creations. Now, the International Labour Organization reports that between 2000 and 2007, the working age population grew in Africa by 96 million. As much as this is a simple statement, rather obvious, in, rather than an obvious solution, I mean, it is an obvious solution, we are really thinking about it. You know, we, 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 we're focused on, on, on our small communities and we think locally when we need to really look at what is it is affecting the whole continent and, and, and sub-regions in all places, we're having the same problem. 
there are people who are doing good things out there. Some of the guests that I bring on, sh- on the show really reflect that they are thinking outside. But we need to have a holistic thinking. We need to have, you know, this to be everything that we think about. Be it in our school education, we need to be thinking about entrepreneurship. We need to be thinking about how I can do something new today. You know, there's vast technologies. I'm doing a podcast today. I'm doing a podcast today and I never knew this could be done, you know, before. I'm not saying that I'm doing my part and I'm good at it and I'm, I should be thanked for it. But I'm saying, I'm just I'm just someone who thought we need to be doing something. And I think and I feel I'm doing my part. Everybody has to do something. We need to start thinking differently. As we've seen in the Middle East, having a majority of unskilled and unemployed youth in a population is a huge risk uh, uh, in the factor of conflict. You know, this is particularly important because, you know, given the rise of uh, extremism uh, in the West African countries, in Nigeria, for example, where there is uh, rampant unemployment and government corruption and, and too little formal education. You know, youth are ripe for radical, uh, the radical, radicalization, you know, by those, some, some of those Islamic uh, uh, jihadis, jihadists, yeah, organizations, you know. We, we, we are prone to abuse, you know, our youth. And we need to have we need to have jobs. We need to be employed somewhere. We need to be thinking, you know, productive, and and, and not destructive. So one way or the other, we need job creations in some way. We just need to be working. All right. The, the next thing I I think on the line that we need to address most importantly is agriculture. Now, according to the World Bank. Agriculture employs 65% of Africa's labor force and accounts for 22% of the continent's gross domestic product. And Sub-Saharan Africa still accounts for more than one-third of the world's extreme poor. But we have this. Right? We have Agriculture employs 65% of people, percent of Africa's labor, the labor that we all have, 65% is employed in agriculture. But we still account for more than one-third of world's extremist, poorest countries. So it is also the only region where the number of poor people has increased significantly over the past three decades, rising from 205 million in the 1980s to 414 million. Now, that, that, that does not make sense. That does not make any sense. But we need to improve our agriculture and we need to make food for ourselves. For the whole thing that we're talking about, poverty reduction and, and, and all this development we, we talk about, we need to have food in our bodies, food in our bellies. We have to feed this continent ourselves. And not have to depend on imports from, you know, for genet- genet- genetically uh, uh, modified food. When we can grow our own fresh and healthy food. So we need to be thinking about agriculture. 
but the most important thing i think that we can we can embrace at the moment and which which really has to be at the forefront for most of our uh, uh, our 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 government is technology and innovation now we have tech hubs uh, that have popped up in in some countries like um uh, Ghana, Kenya, Nigeria, Morocco, Senegal, Rwanda, and South Africa. We, we need to multiply that. We need to multiply that at a bigger scale. We need to be encouraging more innovation in our youth, more technology-driven uh, production. In we just need to invest a lot of it. Let let us for for once stop investing in uh, political, uh, uh, you know campaigns and political you know in you know, fights and all that let's let's just focus on us just just putting too much uh effort in, in, in useless things but for me they're useless and start putting things in in putting our efforts in technology and innovation now smartphones and e-commerce these are at the center of what africa needs to be holding on to now another important development has been the increase of smartphones that have penetrated across the whole continent of Africa. Now between 2014 and 2016, the number of smartphones connections across the continent doubled to 226 million, while the cost of smartphone dropped from an average of 230, which was in 2012, to about roughly 160 in 2015. Now by 2021 a further half a billion smartphones connections are expected to be added taking the adop- adoption rate to more than half of the total connection in the in the region this implications uh really implies that e-commerce in particular has to grow and it is but it is it is really a, a key um, technological innovation that we need to to harness and to to just hold on to now there is there is artificial intelligence and and uh, robotic uh, process automation now we know that ai and uh, robotics are set to disrupt a long list of in the industry sections from automotive through to professional services with significant implicate implications for labor markets in developed countries but in africa where wage costs tend to be lower there may appear to be less of a business case for ai but actually it could dramatically boost economic development particularly if it is applied in areas such as agriculture education health manufacturing and transport and the transport industry in fact some african pioneers are already using and exploring the possibilities of ai we need to be thinking about that in agriculture as well can improve you know technologies can be the fuel that can drive africa's growth in the coming years in terms of agriculture for instance imagine south africa which is agriculture as a key industry would increase its yields to ensure we don't need to import food 
or what decisions do we need to make differently earlier that can prevent loss or improve yield? Imagine that. Imagine what happens to your G to our GDP as a as a as a as a continent if we are to able if we are able to produce more with the same to a point where our people are not leaving uh, uh, our fields or our people are not you know left wanting. We would have more nourished souls, more jobs, more of exports and than imports. And that is a place that we want to, to, to really uh, grow with that. Later on, uh, I might be having, I will have uh, an episode where we're going to talk about how Ghana and Rwanda are good examples where we can replicate what they're trying to do, but replicate it at a bigger and a much bigger scale, you know, so that we can reap more. But we will get to that some in, in another episode. We also need to look at infrastructure development. This, this is a key part in that even if we get agriculture rolling, even if we get uh, inequalities uh, destructed, um, we need infrastructure. We need development of infrastructure. So this includes um, things like roads, rail, buildings, power, internet, etc. For real meaningful business to run. However, in sub Saharan Africa, it is estimated that poor infrastructure uh, reduces economic growth each year by 2% points. The Africa Infrastructure Country uh, Diagnostic Study estimated the infrastructure needs of sub Saharan Africa as slightly above 93 billion annually, yet less than. Half that amount is funded, leaving a financial gap of more than 50 billion to fill. We need to start thinking how we can get money into. I'm sure we're already thinking about it, but I'm saying that an ordinary person at the at the lowest level has to start thinking how best can we create this infrastructure development is probably. A really big uh, uh, call, and most of us would really think it's it's for up to the governments. You know, it's up to you know the leaders to really think about how they can put roads. But we need to start thinking as individuals: what am I playing? What role am I playing? You know, in bringing that to life. What are we saying about ourselves? Because we will wait until. I don't know when, you know, just thinking and hoping that the governments will do something. They are not doing anything. They are doing some things, but it's not really the pace that we want things to work or to run. And we can't wait because this has to be our decade. This has to be done in this decade. And so infrastructure is one key that we need to address. Now, I know education is is key in everyday life to any company, I mean to any country or to any continent. But we need we need 
proper and good education for our African uh, communities and societies. Today, children in sub-Saharan Africa uh, countries spend an average of just 4.7 years in school, just under five years of schooling, attaining only uh, rudimental and uh, math skills and reading skills. You know, and 35% of African youth have no access to secondary school or tertiary training. Now, this is this is this is sad. We need to address this education gap, and we need to educate our communities and our people. For there's no way we can develop our continent and our countries when we're not educated. The majority of us need to get proper schooling, so that when we talk about issues, we are in the sa- we are on the same page. But we need to have our education system set up quite well. We still need to have to, to, to readdress that, to, to, to just bring back that uh, free education for all uh, policy and, 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 and concept. That was, that was proper and then we will know that at least we have covered some part of education. Then if someone needs to pursue further with, with tertiary or university level, they will go, but we need to have free education for primary, especially primary, where people will just have to go to school. And, and, and just learn the basics and start thinking bigger and broader. Now the next the next part, the next point would be promoting women in business. This this is key. This is really, really key, especially in Africa. Because there are a number of sad and 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 and, and you know, an unbelievable discoveries in this in this field. 1.2 billion people living in extreme poverty, and a disappropriate number of them are females. Overly, 70% of the world's poor, and about two thirds of world's hungry and malnourished uh, population are women and girls. Now this this is this is this is shocking. Women and girls are affected a lot by this poverty that we're talking about. And so we need to address how we can promote women to get into business and help also with, with, with this poverty reduction. Boosting the productivity of women in business in the bottom billion could reduce poverty, grow economies and create jobs. Numerous studies including some cited in, uh, in, in a number of uh, United Nations uh, bulletins, and they, they show that investing in women, smallholder farms, not only gives women a source of income, but also alleviates malnutrition and hunger. Women, are, women account for about 43% of agricultural workforce, but women run farms underperform those owned by their male counterparts, most likely because female farmers do not have the same access to resources that male farmers enjoy. So we really need to improve on supporting our women in that area as well. The Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, estimates that giving women equal access to agricultural resources could increase yields by 20 to 30%. 
an astonishing 20 to 30 percent. Eliminating gender inequalities in agriculture would raise total output in developing countries by up to 40 percent, up to 4 percent, sorry, and reduce the number of hungry people in the world by about 15 percent. That really means we need to invest in our women. We really need to invest in our girls because they have a part to play and we need to give them their part. Now, I, I, can't, I can't really stress on how this next point really has, has, has a big part to play. We really need to invest in our youth. That is the best thing that we have and that is the most in, important factor that we need to look at. We need to invest in our youth. The Asian Tigers, the, the, the Asian Tigers also have a national innovative system, innovation system that links government, well-funded research and development institutions such as the universities and industries. Taiwan boosts about 21 research institutes, some covering the most advanced technologies like nanotechnologies. And again, African nations do not have such institutions. We really need to be looking at how we can have something like that. Another key area of focus among the Asian Tigers has been investment in their youth uh, in, in terms of educating them to be academically and technically ready to explore the boundaries of knowledge and technology of their, for their own benefit in that of their countries. Africa should exploit the youth, uh, the youth dividend. It's most important and natural. That is our most important and natural resource. There are signs that some of these lessons have been taken to heart, like for Rwanda, example, and also Ethiopia have also taken a, a, a big step as well. But we really need to invest in our youth. Everywhere we, we, we go in Africa, there's a big and abundant number of youth that are unemployed but willing to work, and we need to address them. Unemployment that we were talking about is mostly meant for our youth. We need to create jobs for these guys. Now, there are a number of theories that we that, that I came across that we really need to be thinking about and hoping that maybe we can look at them in our governments and, and just just do something about it. Now there's there's a theory called the positive demonstration or the neighborhood effects. Now this theory is, is an, an economic uh, theory. Put simply, these concepts suggest that people and governments follow and copy each other, encouraging virtuous and virtuous development cycles in different regions. Like in Europe, successful countries copied Germany, which uh, rationalized Britain's invention-driven industrial revolution, copying and modifying existing technology and deploying it at a far greater scale. In East Asia, the local pioneer was Japan, 
which uh, borrowed manufacturing ideas from Germany and emphasized high yield household farming. Now, in turn, South Korea, Taiwan, China, and Vietnam followed suit. And today, the whole Asian continent is, is, is proud to say we are Asians because they have done something about it. They've copied what the other guys were doing and they've done it to a bigger scale and a much more broader and productive scale. We need to be doing that as well. And also we need to have this uh, issue of security and conflict. Now, one unsurprisingly uh, early lesson from Africa is that positive neighborhood effects does not work during times of political instability. We can copy what the others are doing but when it comes to uh, when it comes to instability, political instability, there is something we switch our minds and we just say let them deal with their issues. You know, if we send some some people to help, we really are looking at gaining something or or extracting something from that country. For instance, in the 1990s, Mauritania textile manufacturers open factories in Madagascar to take advantage of their low lower wages. In the chaos following Madagascar's contested presidential election of 2002, these factories were closed, resulting in heavy losses. The Mauritanian firms relocated to Bangladesh and India, ending an opportunity for an integrated Mauritanian Madagascan textile industry, despite the historic and geographic links between the two islands. Now that was that was really something that could have, you know, developed into a good and, and a productive industry sector for for Madagascar, but because of the tension that they had, you know, everything stopped, and now they have to start again and start on a new page. But we need to be supporting each other as as our as our brother as brothers and sisters in this continent. But most importantly, we need to be doing something. You need to do something. Today, we are standing here and, and, and we are waiting for the coronavirus to come to an end or to, you know, reduce its, 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 its toll. But we need to be thinking and we need to be strategizing on what we need to be doing next. I emphasize once more that technology and our youth are the two key points that we really need to to be addressing at the moment and as we go forth so as i close this podcast today i would like to thank you again for listening and please make sure you subscribe like and share this podcast to your friends and family so we can all contribute and come up with something that we can Um, be proud of 10 years from now thank you for listening my name is Craig and I'm out